Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Friday, December the 27th, I believe. And I can't wait. This is a a episode, what I call the Legacy Edition. It's me and my pop, Sensei Bobby Thomas. How's it going, pop? Good, good, good. Fantastic. So I'm just going to jump right in. We talked about this a bit earlier, but I want to talk about it some more because people need to hear this. And they've heard me talk about what really makes a black belt and my issue with giving out black belts to kids. But if we're talking about what makes a black belt or how is a black belt decided, you know, in terms of curriculum or standards, I just wanted to get into that. So let's just jump right in, Pop. Okay. Um, every school or every organization <clears throat> has established their own standards as to exactly what you're saying, what a black belt is. How did you get to that level? Right. Okay. So let's say um, let's say we have, for example, orange belt, purple belt, blue belt, brown belt, uh, several degrees of brown belt. And then, of course, you have the degrees of black belt. Right. Well, on your curriculum, uh, let's go with the orange belt, for example. There are 25 techniques on that, on that uh, belt level. Right. Okay. So in order to go from... From that orange belt to the black belt, then you have to go through those sequence of belts and all the techniques that are included in that. Right. Okay. So, uh, so, and then when it comes to the brown belt level, there are, as I understand it, there are three levels. Right. And then there are ten levels of black belt. Well, what what is it that makes the the First degree brown belt different from the second degree or third degree brown belt. Now, right. as I understand it, and as as was taught to me by by my instructor uh, David Cardenas, is kata. Okay, at uh, brown belt, first degree brown belt. Uh, excuse me, third degree brown belt. You have a certain number of kata, second degree and first degree, and so on. Right. But to me, I think there's more to it than just how many kata you learn. The same way it is with the black belt. More to it than how many kata you learn, how many techniques you learn. Right. There are certain things, for example, how, how hard can you fight? How willing, how are you, how willing are you to fight? Right. Because that's what learning karate is about, is self-defense. And also, there's the other side of where you learn how to, how to calm yourself and grow and, and evolve and become a better person. Uh, so, uh, uh, as far as techniques in kata go, you can, you can learn that at any time. And you can take a 60-year-old man or a woman and say, I want to learn how to do this. And before they studied all that, maybe they're very willing to fight because they have something to fight for. Right. You know, whether it be their life or their family's life or something like that. Right. And then there are some people who are just not fighters, but they want to learn karate or experience karate just for something to do. And they may not be fighters at all, but learning karate is something to do. So, yeah. you know, so I, I think I think that every school has their own standards. And that's I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that. uh uh, a thirty-year-old man say, "Okay, you have to learn all these kata before you can learn how to fight." That makes no sense. Zero. Because kata does not teach you how to fight. 
Nope. You know, willing the willingness to fight and uh, the simplicity of fighting. I think that's what makes all the difference. Right. Well, see, that's the thing is that people get in the cut out there for different reasons. Yeah. And if you're younger, I just think it's weird that a person could, like could earn a black belt and not be able to fight. And that's okay with some people. If you start mm-hmm. when you're 60, of course, no one expects you to be able to, you know, beat people up. And right. Else. But right. you should certainly be more capable at that point than you were when you started. Yeah, it's true. So, it's true. Like, if, let's say, you start as a, I mean, as a kid. And I don't mean getting a black belt as a kid because my no. head might pop off. But no. let's say you start when you're 13. Go through the ranks, legitimately mm-hmm. get your black belt, let's say, when you're 19. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Going three times a week, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. If people can't fight at that point, then I feel like, I can't say that their karate training has been useless but I have a hard time giving it full value. You right, know? right. Because people separate self-defense from sport to the degree where... Right. I heard this lady say that her daughter had a black belt. And I'm saying Taekwondo not to pick on Taekwondo mm-hmm. specifically, but this is the story. She said, all right, well, my daughter has a black belt in Taekwondo. And then I enrolled her in Krav Maga so she could learn to defend herself. I almost died. What I'm was thinking, the purpose? Right. Like, what do you... Uh-huh. If, you don't, if you take the self-defense aspect out of martial arts, the striking arts, karate, whatever, you might as well be doing yoga or whole, ballet or gymnastics or the, something. The whole idea of learning how to throw a punch or throw, throw a kick is learning how to fight, learning how to defend yourself. That's the whole point of right. it. So again, it comes down to, you know, just how much, how much, uh, how much, uh, how mean you can be and how much muscle is in your mean, you know? <laughs> <laughs> how much muscle is in your mean? How... How much are you willing to to fight for what you believe in? I believe in defending myself, and I will fight. I will fight. I remember when you told me you said learning a black earning your black belt is like completing a curriculum, it's like going right. to school. Right. And I get that, but by the end of let's say college, that's four years. Yeah. Let's call it college. Or even the four years of high school, that's even better. By okay. the time you finish high school, there are certain things you have to know. To earn your diploma. And I right. think if you go through the entire curriculum and can't defend yourself, then your curriculum has fallen by the wayside yeah. in the same way that if you get a diploma but can't read, yeah. it's yeah. not worth the darn. Yeah, that's why curriculum has to be simplified. Once you uh, get beyond all of the techniques on a chart, and right. when you learn how to do a simple jab, right cross, hook, now you're learning how to fight. Okay, when you when you say, well, you know, I'm not going to allow this person to bully me, and you learn how to do those combinations, now you're learning how to fight, and you have the will to fight. Right. And I think that people, when they look at that, what they do oftentimes is they abandon their traditional martial arts arsenal strictly in favor of boxing-style striking. And if you're not doing that, they think that um, that is not the most practical way. Like, when I look at um, Kyokushin and Daidojuku, of course you can't cranes beat people in the eyes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you see it in like in traditional real old school Shotokan, they back knuckle, they ridge hand, they knife yeah. and that stuff yeah. stretches people yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people in the name of what they call practicality and realism, they abandon all these martial arts techniques because they think they don't work <laughs> in terms of simpler things. I yeah. personally think that yeah. if you know what a boxer knows They've never blocked a spinning backfist before. They've right. never blocked a back knuckle because an ankle's right. different or right. an inverted punch looks different than an uppercut. Mm-hmm. So I see that people 
in their mind, for the sake of reality and realism, they abandon some mm-hmm. really, really solid techniques. So, you know, like, how do you address that to tell people that's not necessary? Like they say, you can, oh, you can just cut it down to a jab cross and a hook. Not really. I mean, that works. But if you're teaching an 11-year-old to defend herself, she's not going to punch a grown man in the face and drop him. But right. a crane's beak to the eyes will. A tiger's mouth to the throat will. You know, a uh, mm-hmm. a, a broken hoof to the groin will. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah those, those, those small things, those unseen techniques that, uh, that we don't think about. If you're attacking... Yes, that that jab, uppercut, hook, that will work. Yes, if you're attacking. Now, if you're defending, that's a totally different story. If you, say, take kimono grab A mm-hmm. or uh, any of those techniques and you and you cut it down to where or you throw out this, this piece only because the situation warrants it. Because you don't have to do the whole thing if the situation does not warrant it. Right. You know, uh, uh, if you... Uh, knock the arm up or you try to knock the arm up so like an a and it and for some reason oh the person has a stronger grip than you realize when you knock that arm up boom, bring it down hey punch to the stomach right right because you have to know the shortcuts right yeah you have to know the shortcuts and that's very important i always thought that when you learn the curriculum the techniques the self-defense sequences you learn are what you learn until you know how to fight and that sounds really weird but if someone grabs you by the by the shirt with both hands, mm-hmm. some people would start wailing and start throwing punches. Yeah. But some people need, you know, uh, five swords or something like that mm-hmm. to even have an idea of what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't, people don't teach those techniques in a way that you can spar with them. You certainly can. Like, if you look at a alternating maces, instead of inward blocking, clearing the hands, thrust, punch, and back knuckle, you can lead with the back knuckle and then the thrust punch, and then an inward block of like a hammer fist to the temple, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Like some people just don't know how to fight. So yeah. when you're looking at all the way up to a black belt, I always feel like a person should be able to fight at a certain degree yeah. as a white belt before yeah. they even go to you know to orange belts or yeah. whatever your system is. They may have yeah. a yellow belt. Yeah. If nothing else, hands up, inward block, reverse punch, low, reverse punch, high. That's, it should that, be like exactly. a exactly. hockey fight, exactly. not just mm-hmm. one. You know, you see the techniques. Yeah. Inward block. And that's it. Yeah. When it's like, nah, and we're blocked. Stomach, face, right. stomach, face, face, go. until necessary. It's more go. like a hockey fight, right? There you go. There you go. Or, or pin to so the person grab you. Pin one hand or pin both hands and start punching with the with your hand that's free. <laughs> you know, because yes. uh, remember, you want to you want to make that person uh, their hands are already occupied. So keep those hands occupied. You have one hand free. You do the work. <laughs> you do the work. You know, yeah, we're not trying to we're not trying to uphold uh, for the sake of of tradition in such a way that we're going to let ourselves get hurt for the sake of tradition. Right. And we're never going to do that yet. But uh, but uh, knowing how to knowing how to pin that hand punch or knowing that shortcut to a technique, that's what makes uh, that's what makes you uh, more formidable. Right. You know. So as a person's rising through the ranks, I personally feel like they should become a better combatant, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, every single belt. Yeah, yeah. Like some systems teach front kick, side kick, roundhouse kick, all that to white belts, which I don't agree with personally. But by the time they get through it, 
they've you know they're proficient in all of them by the time they get the black belt. They, they should be very 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 smooth with the technique and very right. well oiled and very well versed with the technique when they get to that when they get to that technique for sure or uh, to that level. You know, and the reason I don't think that that's the best idea overall mm -hmm. is because people if you teach them every single kick at once they'll only use the techniques that they can land exactly like exactly. I, I can front kick you but it's not my best technique so exactly. i literally sat down and told myself okay you're gonna do a hundred front snap kicks a day mm -hmm. from the lead foot and from the rear foot and now it's better mm -hmm. I'm, i have a very good roundhouse kick i mm -hmm. can land that almost at will on people mm -hmm. but if left to my own devices if i did it the way some systems do it I'd have a really good roundhouse kick and a crappy front right, kick, and right. that's not right. the way. So I think starting out, for example, all I teach is the front snap kick, the instep kick mm -hmm. from the rear mm -hmm. and from the lead legs. And mm -hmm. I, you know, and mm -hmm. even going into orange belt, I don't teach them anything beyond that. I right. teach them the back kick after that, actually. Right. But it's like that should be well oiled before they even have to go to the side kick or mm -hmm. the axe kick because they Absolutely. don't have the balance or the understanding Absolutely. so Absolutely. That's why again as a person progress in the ranks that's why sparring is so important because when you see a punch or a kick coming at you <laughs> you're going to have to do something. You right. have to do something. So either you're going to block, move out of the way or punch back, kick back, do something. But the importance of sparring is to, is to get all your senses into play and and uh, so that you can understand what it is that you're going to do. Right. Because you want to have people laugh at this term, but it's true. You want to have cat-like reflexes. Right. And right. in order to do that, you must be aware at all times. You must be aware. So then when you see the technique coming, you feel the technique coming, and also to understand human nature. If someone is cursing at you, that's not an invitation to dinner. <laughs> you know, that means they're about to do something to you. you yeah. Know? And, You're right. Uh, yeah, and you have to know how to avoid a situation uh, as well. Right. You know? So in all of that, do you think it'd be possible for, let's say, the striking arts, because grappling's different, weapon mm -hmm. systems are different, do you think it'd be possible to have a universal standard for black belt? And I don't mean in terms of we all have to learn the same kata or the same forms, because they're all different, right? Mm -hmm. Taekwondo, uh Hapkido, Karate, Kyoko, all they have different katas, they all have mm -hmm. different forms. Yeah. Do you think that there'd be some principles that they can agree on? I believe so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no example, one's going to agree that, that their way is not as effective as someone else's, right? Right. right. But if, if there was a guy named Tom Carlos, he did this thing called the Universal Black Belt Test, and he made mm -hmm. these universal principles, like mm -hmm. you have to be able to do 100 push ups, 100 sit ups, like all this kind of stuff. Spend a year boxing. Spend a year. Uh, earn a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Earn your first stripe in um in Adnista Mano. You know, yeah, like all this yeah. kind of stuff. And it didn't matter what your system was, because uh -huh. whatever it is you did, there was something included in this test right. that's not a part of your system. Right. right. So, do you think that for the striking arts, for example, do you think they'd be able to have some universal? Uh, I don't know if the word is standards, because in theory, the standards are there already. Skilled combatant, decent yeah. person. Do you think there's a universal thing that everybody, well, 90% of people could agree on without uh, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You take boxing, for example. There is no difference. There is no such thing as a different style of boxing. It's just left, right, left, right, left, well, right. The, you know? It kind of is, though, in terms of preference. Like if you hear about uh, oh, that guy's a Philly boxer, they do, yeah. they do that Philly shell defense, right, or that, right. that guy's a 
that's a, you know South Chicago guy. Right, right. So there are some differences in terms of stylistic preference, but they all mm. do know how to throw the same punches. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So if you're yeah. talking about like an L.A., Dallas, Philly, D.C., they all have different styles of boxing. I guess that could be like mm-hmm. Karate, Shotokan, Choi Le Foot, whatever the case may yeah. be, but they all have the same. And why not learn as many different ways as you can? Why True. not? And why not learn how to use that uh, that shoulder defense like Mayweather does? You know, yeah. why not learn how to do that? James Tony used to do that. James Tony, yeah, too. yeah, he used to do that before he discovered a fondness for burgers. You know, he was that. <laughs> he remember he was one eighty one. I mean, when he was a a, a super middleweight, uh-huh. his defense was whew. yeah, yeah. Learned that, yeah. yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that more than anything, or as much as anything, not necessarily mm-hmm. more than there should be a physical standard for being a black belt if you can't do 100 sit-ups in a row or 50 push-ups in a row or something like yeah. that like i feel like there's got to be something of well, course before anybody gets their draws in the knot yeah if someone starts in their 60s you don't expect them to do right that. exactly if you start as a young person uh you know you have to be able to you have to be fit okay fit, you have yes. to be fit and, and 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 you should be able to try to do push-ups and sit-ups and Leg raises and yeah. stretches and all that kind of stuff, you know, so that you can be flexible and nimble, you know. You know what's funny is that whenever I tell people that you should not have a fat, sloppy black belt, mm-hmm. people immediately go to the exceptions to the rule. Well, I knew a guy that had a condition. It's like, well, of course I'm not talking about them. Mm-hmm. If a guy's got a physical malady, he may not be able to do certain things, but his yeah. ability to describe or articulate a concept may be spot on. Of course right. they can do that. Right. But whenever I tell people that you need to start getting fit as a matter of course for your black belt, mm-hmm. they immediately go to the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. And I tell mm-hmm. them, we're not talking mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Like, if you can't make it through your own class, right. then right. you don't deserve the belt you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I think over time, a person learns to become, they say you start out and you're, you're weighing 250 and by the time you got your black belt or something like that you're down to you know 175 but i'd say you put in a lot of weight for sure and that is uh, a plus in itself because you know you're not going to be able to be as fast uh, it's not you know with carrying that kind of weight and speed is very important that's part of the speed is part of the uh safe acronym you know right uh, speed and skill and so on but i think that there should be some kind of physical and well, mental progression is subjective, but there mm. should be some kind of physical progress. I'm not saying you got to walk around looking super jacked or super right. cut, right? But if you were, a, you know, as they say, a 98 pound weakling, you should gain some muscle mass and you yeah. should be yeah. a little more sinewy and have some yeah. more muscle. And if yeah. you were a chubber, yeah, then you should be leaner, you should be right. in better shape. Right. Like, there should right. be something that happens. Like, right. if you take a picture of yourself. And you're young, especially at the end of every year of training, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. look the same. Something's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'd so say maybe so. if we can't do um, techniques as a requirement because of the different arts, mm-hmm. maybe it should be like, like a physical standard. Yeah. Like you should be able to do, you know, you should be able to do. For example, instead of saying you should be able to do a hundred squats in a minute, mm-hmm. when you get older, that's not feasible. No. But no. if you say you should be able to do squats for a minute nonstop, right. whatever your speed is, right. you'll still be doing it nonstop for right. a minute. So right. a young kid will do a hundred, maybe 
older person can only do 71 yeah. or maybe even 33 if the yeah, person yeah, has Yeah, I think there has to be standards for age because, yeah. you know, when you get older... Or consideration. Yeah, you know. and nature is not as kind to you as it once was. You right. Know? You, you, you lose a little bit of something and... Right. You know, and there, and there you go. And that's cool. I just think that people's... They, they don't even feel like you should have to try to be physically fit anymore. I think you should be physically fit. Try yeah. to be. Because that's what it, it calls for you to be physically right. fit. Right. How are you going to defend somebody out there looking like burgers and fries? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Martial arts, on, its, on the face of itself, calls for a person to be physically fit. If you represent the warrior class of old, exactly. and you walk around here looking like mm-hmm. burgers and fries, then yeah. how are you fit to do that yeah. thing? So Yeah. 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 It's, not, it's not, a very good, uh, not a very good look. <laughs> at all so you, know? you think maybe the the universal curriculum should be about physical standards based on where you are in age because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you not everyone's going to learn shotokans right right uh kata or right or toilet foot or wing right. that's fine right but there should be a physical standard that people try to meet right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you should be able to do sit-ups non-stop for a minute yeah however many yeah. you can do however many you can do based on age and so on that sounds fair exactly, enough. and I, I think also too, if you have just but one good punch, develop that punch to the degree where when you when you deliver that sucker, it speaks volumes. Wrecking Joe Frazier's left hook. Oh, it always has. <laughs> it <laughs> always has. Smoking Joe, he had yeah. two hands. He knew how to throw uppercuts, jabs, mm-hmm. and crosses. Mm-hmm. Wasn't nobody scared mm-hmm. to none of that. Mm-hmm. They were terrified yep. of yep. waking up. Looking at the lights, talking about what happened from yep. that left hook yep. they didn't see. Yep. So. And, and throw those techniques with confidence. I mean, supreme confidence. Right. You know, and learn how to do those techniques uh, for a grab or whatever the case may be. Especially if someone, say, grabs you from behind. You know, you can't see behind you, but you can feel behind you. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. And uh, when you're out, uh, out and about, no matter where you are, you want to be aware of your surroundings. And you want to be able to read people, right? You know, so that uh, you know this guy over there is glaring with you at you, uh, you know, with a knife in his hand. Well, <laughs> you might want to take a second yeah, look, right? You know, but then again, you have to be aware of the person who is quiet too, right. you know, who's right. silent as well. You know, so all that with confidence and and uh, and good technique, uh, yeah. Yeah, very I might important. have to. I might, have, you know, it, I might make it a little mission of mine to talk to some of the local local martial arts teachers around here yeah. to see if maybe we can agree to elevate the physical requirements of a black belt. Because I'm yeah. tired of seeing out of shape black belts and this whole, well, you know, they don't spark. They might hurt their students. It's like you don't have uh, any control. Yeah, That's yeah, not not, not sparring. I think is not a good idea. You should learn how to trade hands and feet because when you get out in the street and somebody attacks you or they're not going to throw pieces of paper at you they're going to throw hands and feet at you or clubs or clubs or pipes or bottles whatever right you know so you have to learn how to what to do and 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 how to deal with that situation yeah you know fair enough i like it yeah well shoot uh, that's all we have for today's legacy edition (laughs) check me out at martialartsoakland.com you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter under Thomas Kempo Karate. Actually, on YouTube, it's under Anthony Thomas Martial Arts. But until then, and the most important thing always is, please be kind to yourselves and each other. <laughs>